Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, a market that, yeah, it's not so pretty today. A lot of factors that we are going to look at in the fact that uh, equities are under some pressure. What happened to yesterday's WASDE report? Was it just a flash in the pan? And then we've got all these different experts that are talking in Washington, D.C., well, some of them virtually. Is that playing a tone as well in the markets? So we're going to look at all the happenings. And, of course, the livestock side as well is not as pretty as Arlen Suderman joins us with F.C. Stone. So let's talk about those equities. Are they under some serious pressure right now? Oh, they really are. We uh, And all the markets are very intertwined, and uh, it sets a tone. There's billions of dollars in the commodities that are tied to Wall Street, and so what is stated and what is said on Wall Street and, and the tone is set there does impact what happens in Chicago. And um, it's, a, it's a global market. Uh, yesterday, we had the USDA report, kind of the focus of the commodities, particularly the ags, and today that's gone. And so what's happening in Washington is having a bigger effect. Yesterday, it was uh, Dr. Fauci from the president's um, task force uh, addressing coronavirus concerns who was speaking, and Dr. Fauci as you know, as you would expect from an epidemiologist, ideally they'd like everyone to stay home if to to slow the spread of the disease. And if that takes six months to a year, then so be it. They're not economists; they're looking at it from their standpoint. Um, and so that's what he warned about the possibility of increased coronavirus cases if we open up too soon. And so that set a negative tone. And in today. It was uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell who uh, spoke on a webcast, and he spoke of the risks that face, significant risks that face the economy going forward and trying to be able to, to recover and restart the economy and how it could take longer than what we projected. And that set another negative tone or reinforced the negative tone that we heard from yesterday. So we saw a significant sell-off in the equities, and that just kind of spread across the commodity sector as well, because if the economy's not doing well, then the fund managers assume that demand for commodities isn't doing well, and so they don't want to be an owner of it. Fundamentally, there's nothing to counter that right now. There was plenty of surprises in that USD report, but nothing that was a game-changer to argue for rationing demand in this environment. And so the path of least resistance was lower today. Well, I saw one of the one of the tweets that was saying that we could see some lasting economic damage if we don't get things acted upon quick. But at what point is it too quick that we're not ready when everything does reopen? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out as a country. And the focus has been, you know, this is a continuum. On the one hand, you have the epidemiologist saying, shut down, stop the spread of the disease. Notice it's not stop the disease. We can't do that. But slow down the spread so that we can handle in our hospitals, et cetera, and work on treatment to reg- regimes in order to treat those who get it and ultimately hope that we find a vaccine for it. On the other hand is the economist. And uh, I'm an economist, granted, and the economist is saying we we got to get the economy back going because if we stay like this for another month, we will do some significant structural damage to the economy that it could take us 10 years to recover from. And it could send us literally into a depression. 
And if you still have relatives uh, alive who survived the Great Depression, ask them about the human toll to the Great Depression. There, and it doesn't have to be the Great Depression to have a human toll. There is a human toll to not opening economy. So that's a continuum. Epidemiologists on one end, economists on the other. Somewhere in the middle is the proper balance. But where is that? We've never done this before. We've never taken a strong economy and intentionally shut it down and then tried to restart it. And the longer we go without restarting it, the more difficult it becomes because the more companies go bankrupt and can't survive it. Um, and so that means more lost jobs. And, and as people lose their jobs and they can no longer make their house payments, so that dumps more houses onto the market. As we saw earlier um, in the previous decade when the housing crisis hit, um, you have more farms go bankrupt. Uh, farms can't make payments on land, and, and then you have the tumbling land values as more land gets dumped on the market. We saw that back in the 1980s. You don't want to allow it to get to that point because the human toll becomes very significant. So finding that balance is the challenge right now, and um, and, and it's not an easy challenge to face. There's a lot of emotions involved. So is that maybe part of the reason why WASD was just that flash in the pan and didn't have really second-day residual talks? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was secondary nature. There was nothing in that WASDE report with with uh, there were some significant numbers in a normal environment would have really set the tone of the marketplace. Uh, but in this environment there was nothing to um to overshadow uh, the bigger picture of coronavirus and what's happening in the broader markets. Definitely makes for things to be interesting as we move forward. Real quick before we go to the uh, the break, ethanol market, how's production looking? Starting to come back. We're back about 15% off the lows in ethanol production, but we're still 43% off of where we were 10 weeks ago. So we're moving in the right direction, but it's going to be a long, slow recovery. Bottom line is we need to get people driving again, and we can't get people driving again until we open up the economy, and um, so that's going to take some time. And, of course, folks that are getting tired of being cooped up, maybe it's time to do a Sunday drive with the family. Stick around. We've got a lot more coming up. We'll finish taking a look at the grain side of the perspective. Then what's going on in the livestock? Unfortunately, not a good day for the cattle market. We have a lot more coming up on this Wednesday. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Before we dive into the, the livestock side of the trade, as Arlen Suderman continues to join us, how dry is it? I know I made the comment on, on Twitter earlier today about would like some rain, especially for these non-irrigated fields that are kind of crusting over from the wind. Is it isolated? Are we seeing some issues maybe brewing for the Western Corn Belt? We're seeing some pretty dry conditions over the Western Belt uh, over the last 30 days, and I haven't checked the last day or two, so there's been some rains that have fallen since I last checked, but uh, when I did check a few days ago, the last 30 days were one of the driest, I think is like the second or third driest of the last 40 years for that period of time for the Western Midwest. So it is very significant. Um, the expectation is that that's going to improve, but uh, we know in farm country that once a drought gets started, sometimes it's really hard to slow down that momentum. 
So we'd like to see a rain soon to, to kind of break that momentum and uh, help to get these seeded crops uh, going, emerged, and, and growing. Looking at the livestock side, speaking of growing, we've got cattle and hogs as well that are just gaining in weight and, and no place to go. It seems like the battle continues at the slaughter plant for these guys. It really does. <clears throat> We're making better progress with the hogs than we are the cattle and getting the plants reopened. I think yesterday is the first day since April 24th that we had all the hog processing plants open. Um, and then I think I saw notice that another one may be shutting down today because of uh, COVID-19 cases. So it's a continued battle. On the cattle side, we've backed up almost a million cattle. So we're going to be working through that really for the rest of the year. On the hog side, I think we're backed up about 2.8 million head. That's going to take a while to back, uh, to really work through the system. So you're talking about a week and a half to two weeks worth of cattle. Uh, we can, <clears throat> a little over a week's worth of hogs. Um, we are making recovery back on the hogs better, as I said. In fact, one of the earliest plants to close down is getting back pretty close to capacity once again, which is very encouraging considering some of the re- re- requirements. But these markets are trying to figure out what's an animal worth? What's it worth at the, at the packing plant? <clears throat> because the futures contracts uh, settle to the cash index. Um, and a lot of different things go into that, um, uh, more so in the hogs than in the cattle. But uh, we do have animals that are priced on, on the grid as far as what the product makeup is. Uh, and if you go that route, they're worth quite a bit. We've seen record high product prices through all of this because the slaughter plant wasn't pushing through much through. On the other hand, if they're priced on the live animal basis, you've got limited capacity to slaughter um, and a lot more animals there to slaughter than what you have capacity to do. They're not worth very much. All of that gets together in a formula to give a cash index that the the futures contract settles against, and it's a very confusing message, and uh, the board is trying to figure it out. We We did see some cattle trade. Yeah, basically $110 this, uh, today. Um, that is well above where the board is at. That's about 50, better than $15 above where the board is at. Some of that is because the packers are simply trying to share some of their profits with the producer at this point. Uh, that, things like that happen when investigations start. And, uh, so they're trying to help out. Um, but, but is that what the animal is worth? And so that debate continues and creates our volatility on the board. How long can this roller coaster go before one cart or the other goes totally off the rungs? Uh, that's a good question. I think that we're going to be dealing with these problems through the summer at least um, as, as we try to get through the numbers, try to catch up. Uh, our weights aren't going down seasonally like they normally would because we're so backed up. Um, so we're adding heavier animals. That's creating its own set of issues. Uh, and uh, so this this is something the market's going to be wrestling with for several months to go. And from a consumer perspective, they don't understand. They look at the, the shelves, and I saw on, on a morning talk show, best explanation trying to say you can't just swap meat from restaurants to retail grocery stores very quick. It's a whole different pro- process of packaging. But for the consumer, they see all these animals out there and wonder why not. 
Yeah, exactly right. It's a different supply chain that functions. You have to change over your operations to do it. Um, on the cattle side, the high prices for product have slowed down exports. And um, so that has helped the domestic supply somewhat. On the hog side, we have China importing at a record pace, trying to get what they can. They're basically hoarding supplies right now. That's raised cries that we need to be um, blocking exports to China um, in order to meet our domestic demand for product. But if we do that and then get the slaughter plants fixed, then all of a sudden we've lost that export demand. In Ireland, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? INTLFCstone.com. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.